Welcome to the Break Your Bullshit Box podcast, where excuses aren't tolerated and results are earned through authenticity, vulnerability, and a commitment to excellence. My name is Amber Furman, success architect, attorney, and NLP trainer. If you're ready to bitch slap the bully in your brain, overcome the bullshit that holds you back, and design the life and success you've always wanted, then it's time for you to break your bullshit box and step into designing life and success on your terms. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Break Your Bullshit Box podcast. I'm really, really, really excited for this episode today. We have Josh Parrish with us, who is a personal development advisor. He is Southern-born student leader, lifelong salesman. You guys know how much I love sales on this show. He currently lives in um, on the beach in Destin, Florida, which sounds like a horrible life. Um, Josh has had many professional titles, but currently he sells real estate and is making the transition into personal development advisory space online, which I'm super excited to hear more about. Josh has been helping people for the last 20 years to level up their mind and their body from exactly where they are in life and believes that the most important thing for attracting success and transformation is the willingness to let go of old habits and thought patterns that hold us back. You guys, he is speaking my language and I am so excited to be able to bring him in and have a conversation with you. So as always, we're going to bring Josh in. If you are watching this on any of the live streams, Go ahead and go ahead and comment on that, and we will try to do everything we can to get your questions answered. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Josh in. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh! All right, so let's just start with all the things I love. Um, the accent. I just might not say anything all day. I'll just let you talk. That southern accent's amazing. <laughs> Um, your leveling up mentality, the real estate to personal development advisory. It's so amazing. So how did, um, you, first of all, was real estate your first career, your first love, or did you kind of fall into that because of something else? Well, I, uh, I've always been in sales, uh, ever since I was little, you know, four or five years old selling watermelons out the back of the truck. And, you know, as I've gotten older uh, and developed my sales uh, skill set, I, I really like selling things for larger and larger prices. So houses are one of the uh, largest things that you can sell. And so I just I moved to the beach from Kansas City, even though I'm southern born and raised. Uh, it's about 100 miles from the from the farm. And well, the price point's pretty high down here. So. I, I love serving people. I love the negotiation aspect. And, you know, just a, for the last oh, 10 or 15 years, I've always said that I wanted to sell real estate and I just had the opportunity to do it down here. So that's awesome. What is it about sales that you love so much? Well, it's just uncovering needs and fulfilling gaps that, you know, people will obviously have a need and then, I used to think that you actually had to be manipulative to be in sales, but really it's just, you have to be a solid communicator and, and ask penetrating questions. And back when I thought that you had to be manipulative in sales, I wasn't a good salesperson at all, but the more effective communicator that you are and the more of a problem solver that you can be, 
the better are you going to be at sales. So, yeah, I mean, I just I love sales because, well, I get to do it on my own time and I do it all the time. And I just I don't like reporting to any specific location to do it. And uh, well, you can you can just sell just about anywhere. So, yeah, as you should be right. Everything that you just said is exactly why I love talking about sales on the show, because the manipulation factor that most people experience being on the other end of sales has people feeling so slimy whenever the word sales is said. And then they say, oh my gosh, this nine to five shit is bullshit. So I'm going to go open my own business. And they're like, cool, who are you going to sell to? And they're like, no, no, I ain't going to do none of that. So <laughs> I love the, the reframe on that. And I'm curious, what was it that was your first shift where you started to go from sales is manipulation to sales is really fun communication where you get to help people. Well, so sales is the worst paying job and the best paying job. So, you know, I've moved around so many times in my life and recreated myself. I, I mean, I, I've had a lot of great sales mentors and, you know, I mean, just seeing things in a different light. Cause if you do something over and over and over and it doesn't work, well then there's, there's a disconnect there. So just really approaching it from a, a service mentality and, and being extremely upfront and transparent, that was really the, the key to, to sales success because I don't, I mean, I've, I've been sold things where key information was just, it just happened to be left out. And, you know, you get like a week into owning something and it's just, just like, happened to be right. This? And, and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, like deals done. Sorry. And I just, <clears throat> but I listen, I'm, I study negotiation and I'm a heck of a negotiator, but my negotiation style is lay it out, lay it all out on the table. You either want it or you don't. And let's 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 make it happen. Like let's give and take until the deal works for both sides. And when you do it like that, you can really mow through your sales leads because I mean, why do you want to sell somebody that doesn't want or need your product? Because somebody will buy what you have if it's adequately priced. Like somebody needs what you have. So there's no reason to, to F somebody over in the process. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting because especially going into the personal development space, and I'm interested to know what the personal development advisor means. Um, going into the personal development space, people are incredibly efficient at avoiding the solutions to the problems that they want to bitch about. So when, <laughs> when you see somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, I need a solution to this. I need a solution to this. And you hand them this solution and they're like, oh wait, not that solution, right? Um, that to me is where sales becomes really incredibly helpful because you get to dig deep and find out what are the blocks that you're pushing away to the solution to the problem that you love to hate. And what are we, because so many people just say, Oh, all right, maybe I'm not the right person for the solution. Sit in your ship for a little bit and then come back to me when you're ready. And we're not doing them a service at that point. So um, I, I love this conversation for, for this show. Yeah. Well, first off change is, super scary for just about everybody, you know, besides public speaking and death and taxes, I would say that change is, you know, 
pretty much on par with all those things. And you can give someone the answer, but a lot of people are addicted to their own pain and they would rather be stuck in a familiar bad situation Mm -hmm. than get on the path to a better situation, but then they don't really know what's in between the steps. That's very scary for people is the unknown. And a lot of times, I mean, you can, I mean, I'm sure that you heard you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink all day. You have to be extremely empathetic, but sort of disconnected too on the result, because like you can literally hand someone like here, do this. But if you become overly emotional and connected to them making the, you know, the, the change, then it's going to be extremely disheartening if they're not ready to actually change. Well, and they need to feel like you care about their change, right? They need to feel like when they hit that spot that they're about to go into that uncomfortableness, that somebody has their back when they get there because they have no idea what it looks like on the other side. And I feel like there's so many And I used to be one of them. So many salespeople that are so afraid to show that they care about the person and the sale that they're, you know, it's okay to want to make the money and it's also okay to want to help people. But I think people are so afraid to pretend or they're so afraid to let people know they need them that they spend too much time pretending they don't care about the sale. Well, they don't, they've all heard about the sales breath. Yeah. And, they and, and it's, it's one thing to be passionate and, and, and really believe in the product. And you, you, I mean, listen, I want all of my clients to achieve everything they ever want. But, you know, they have to want it themselves. And sometimes, you know, they say that they want it, but they don't necessarily want to, to do the necessary steps. And that's why you, you, you want to walk with your clients you don't necessarily want to, I guess uh, it's, it's walk with them, not for them, I guess. Yeah. And, and I, listen, my client success stories, they're, they're the book that I write. So they're, they are the, the evidence to the world that I can do what I, what I do. And I, I want everybody to succeed because everybody deserves the, the life of their dreams. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, the whole codependency thing, you know, enabling folks and, but you got, you, you want to walk with them. And if they decide to to dip off the path, then it's just like, well, you got to let them dip off the path, but you can't enable them to, to keep dipping off the path and you get sucked into their, into their downfall. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So tell me what a personal development advisor is. Well, I just re- renamed the, the whole life coach deal. <laughs> you know I love I mean? it. Life coach is so done. Um, I chose success architect. So whenever I saw pro, um, professional development advisor, I was like, this is my type of person. Um, <laughs> so who who do you work with? Who when When you talk about the type of people that it is that you want to help succeed the most, well, besides just people, that sounded really bad. When you talk about the people that you enjoy working with the most, yeah. who who is that? You know, so I, I just hired this uh, consultant for uh, running ads online. And it's so tough for me to select a, an avatar a type of person because I want to work with the, 
It doesn't matter if you're green or blue or, or you know, 10 years old or 100 years old. It's the people that want and that, that really want the change that will, you know, move heaven and earth for the solution, right? It's like, and so it's, it's, it's just people that are just, they're, they're sick of their current situation and they're, they're ready, they're ready to, to take action. You know, so many people, they, they hop on the internet and they want to learn from this one coach and this coach and this coach. So they're, they're getting information from like half a dozen different people. But I, I don't work with people that are also working with other people. Now, I'm not oh, saying you can't, you can't have multiple coaches over your lifetime. That's fine. But I, I truly believe that you only need one mentor at the time. Take what you can from that mentor and then move forth. Because whenever you scatter your energies, then you're not doing anyone a, a, you know, justice. You're not doing yourself justice. So just one one course at the time, one mentor at the time, one job at the time. I don't believe in side hustles. It's just, you know, just we're, we're best at, at singular focus. Yeah. I'm, I'm split on that. I go back and forth. Like one of my favorite quotes is um, having a plan B just muddies up your plan A. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe in that. And also, I mean, I have eight coaches and those eight coaches serve such important parts in my life. So, and I've gone, like they go up and down from, from there. So I definitely, I, I, I think I disagree with you and also respect your opinion at the same time. I'm curious to know when you work with somebody in life, we never get to just focus on one thing. So I'm right. curious to know how you attack the multitasking necessity of life and also focus on blinders and focusing on one thing at the same time, if that makes sense. Well, life is multifaceted. It definitely is. I mean, we can't, I, I personally, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit different than, than most people because I will focus on one thing and let everything else burn to the ground. Mm. That's, that's my toxic trait. <laughs> um, but I, I rise very fast in whatever I focus on. But, you know, even if you have eight coaches, are they, are they all in the same arena? They're all for different purposes. Okay. Well, so like, yeah. I'm just saying, what I was saying there is like, I'm not going to work with someone that's also working with another coach that we're working on. Gotcha. Yeah. All of my people are aware of the other people and aware of the intention and what we're doing on them. And every single time I bring somebody into my ecosystem for any purpose, whether I'm taking a, a um, course from them or whether I'm working with them in a long-term one-on-one coaching arrangement, they always know the specific reasons that I'm working with them and the other people that I'm working with as well so that they harmonize instead of competing. Yeah. There are very, very few absolutes in the world. I mean, maybe like we breathe oxygen, there's gravity, right? So, yeah. um, you know, so I mean, different things work for different folks. Um, but no, I totally get it. Yeah. So here's, here's one of the things that I'm curious about. Are you leaving the real estate industry behind in order to focus on life coaching? Are you going to be doing both of them? Where, what's the future plan um, for Josh? Well, since I've been, you know, helping people out with their health and fitness and strategies, 
for leveling up for the last 20 years. I really just wanted to build my personal brand. And because I, I feel that, you know, I have, I say that I'm going to be king of Norway one day. And just because I mean, I watch Vikings and uh, I love Vikings. So just the, one of the last seasons, the guy, one of my favorite characters on there, he was like, I'm king of Norway. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to be king of Norway. <laughs> and I'm not going to sell houses and be king of Norway one day. Right. Like I have to build my army of followers and help them level up. And like, I'm going to do that through, you know, helping people be their best versions of themselves, army of believers. Um, so I'm not leaving real estate. I'm taking a little break, focusing on, you know, building my personal brand, helping people, getting those pillars in place where I can be speaking on stages and, you know, through helping people with their, with their fitness and their life, then, you know, that'll be a lead generation uh, source for me. Cause they're like, Oh, Josh is a killer in real estate down in Florida. So, uh, and then my buddy, like, he's like, Josh, I need you to be a broker in Texas because he's got a, a, a decent uh, wholesaling business out there. So I'm about to get my Texas license out there. So I, I can't I can't get away from real estate just because so many people know me, you know, for doing it. And I love it. Um, but, yeah, just taking a little break. And uh, I was just thinking today, I'm like, man, I, I missed the. I miss some real estate. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I'm a I'm an attorney by trade. Um, I do criminal defense and immigration and I'm, I'm scaling down my law firm because of the joy of all the other things that I get. So I definitely get the need to take a break and also not ready to close the door completely because we do get joy out of it or else we wouldn't do it for so many years. Um, so we have Josh, the real estate guy. Josh, the personal development advisor, Josh, the fitness guy, how do these all tie in together to be able, because it's a really unique combination. So how do they tie together for the unique circumstances of helping your clients? Where do they start and where do you want them to go? Well, really just, I believe I help people just be a, a better whole being because we've got the investment side, we've got the physical side, we've got the emotional and spiritual side. Um, so, I mean, cause I mean, we gotta have a good physical body if we first, and then, you know, we gotta make money and you need money to live out your dreams. And yeah. So, I mean, just, it just, I guess <laughs> no. And in terms of the I whole like, folks on one thing, like I've never been great at focusing on one thing. In terms of learning from one coach, yeah, I believe in that. But uh, you know, in terms of each segment, but mm -hmm. but yeah, and I'm a I'm a Swiss Army knife. Just mm -hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So if you if somebody came to Josh and said, "Tell me the impact that you make in the world in one sentence," what's your answer? Well, I'm just helping people level up. I love it. What I mean, does leveling up mean? What does that mean to you? Well, making complex situations extremely simple. Mm, I love that. I, I have a tendency to get people to open up pretty quickly with unique penetrating questions. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of like a Dr. Phil somewhat. <laughs> no, not, not quite like Dr. Phil, but somehow I'll, I'll be sitting there, you know, whether I'm, you know, at a restaurant, at the bar or something or you know, at the gym and, and all of a sudden, like in three minutes, I'm like, I know this person's like 
their Achilles heel real fast. And then I'm like, give them strategy. I'm like, all right, well, it's like, well, how do we get there? And I don't know. It's just always been that way. So. That's really cool. I do like the um, answer of making complicated things simple. Can you tell me more about that approach? Well, mastery is found within the basics. And if you truly understand any subject, you'll be able to explain it to a second grader. And I forget, it was either Einstein or it was one of those great minds, but he, he said that if you, if you truly understand a topic, you can explain it to a second or third grader. So it's those people that really want to use those $5 words. They, uh, I guess they have something to prove. And, but you, you really want to just, because I mean, you can get some of the most successful people in the world are also some of the most simple people. It's just, they've, mm -hmm. they've repeated those basics over and over and over. And I mean, that's what moves the needle the most is the basics. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that a lot. So um, I want to be respectful of your time. Good Lord. I've got this like light issue. So I've got this line going through my face. Sorry about that. Um, so I want to be respectful of your time. I have a few random round questions to get to know you and the way that you approach life a little bit easier. Is that okay for you? Yeah. Perfect. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? I would go back to the days of the of the Greeks and the Romans. Love it. Yeah, I mean they. It just seemed like they were. Uh, it was a free for all out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, if you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? Oh, I'm heading that direction. But speaking on stages, evangelism. Not necessarily. Ooh. Yeah, not necessarily from a, I mean, I, I appreciate religion, but in a universal wisdom sense, oh, definitely. Like that, all the, all, everything that I've been, you know, all my professions in life, I'm, I'm slowly heading towards that evangelism on stage. That's, that's what I want. I love Billy Graham. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a hybrid of Billy Graham, Jack LaLanne and Billy Mays. Sham <laughs> wow guy, like <laughs> a personality as unique as yours. Absolutely, and a background as unique. I love it. Um, if you had a singular resource that somebody who woke up one day and said, "I don't know what's missing, but it's something. I am ready to start figuring out what it is that I don't know about." success what would that resource be an empty journal Ooh. so let's talk about journaling for a minute i love it when people bring this up do you journal on a regular basis and do you like it absolutely yeah. i love it and i even got the apple sticker on it i know it <laughs> i was going to ask how you got one of those in um paper form with the apple sticker on it um, here's my problem with journaling. So I want to know how you approach this. Cause I'm all, I love to write. I just published my first book. I've got like, all, I, I love to write. Ah, I also love to read. Here is my fundamental problem with journaling. And I love to hear people's solution to it. When we journal, 
especially on days that we're in this heightened emotional state and we put all of our feels down on paper. And then we eventually at some point in time, go back and read our journal for some purpose. And we put ourselves back in all of those emotional feels. So how do you focus on progress and also journal at the same time? What are your boundaries and parameters for that? Well, uh, if you want to, okay, so I don't believe in therapy because okay. reason being is they're just, you're just reliving the, the situation, right? Okay. Maybe you're not coming to a solution, but with journaling, if you just write out the stories that are swirling in your head that you mm -hmm. read constantly, well, then you get it out of you, you and then you can say, like, all right, I beat this subject to death. And then while you're journaling, while you write out the solution, like write out the story, then you write out the, the takeaways as well. Mm -hmm. So to be honest, I, I don't really review my notes maybe as much as I should, but it depends on, I do like to go back and look from journals in years past, just mm -hmm. see what was going on. But if, because I, I titled my journals as well. So if it's like my darkest days or whatever, and I see the title, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I don't need to look at that again. But, yeah. but definitely like in, in my bullet point wisdom, like I'm like, oh, hell yeah. You know, like this is this is gold, you know, because I so but there's really no set way to journal because I guess too many, I guess so many people just they, they're like, well, how do I even start? Well, it's just to start writing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just do it. Yeah, I I love so much about what you said. So I have a my book is called Break Your Bullshit Box, and along with it, there's a um, physical bullshit box that is in production right now, which is a box, um, and then it comes with bullshit slips and all the excuses that pop up in your head. You write down on your bullshit slips, you put them in your bullshit box, and that box doesn't physically open. There is no way to open it. You can't access them again. And that was my solution to journaling uh, because I, the last thing I wanted was people to go back and reread all their excuses and be like, oh yeah, I remember when I thought that I wasn't good enough. At the same time, I love your bullet point approach of here are my key takeaways and here are the positives of it. And I kind of love a combination of those two things. Like take the emotions, take the story, take all the shit that you don't want to relive. Cause I agree with you about therapy, take all of that and get it out of your head and then put it somewhere. You're not going to review it. And then take the takeaways and the bullet points and all of that amazing stuff and put it in a place where you can use that and act on it and do all of that stuff. So I do like that approach, which is why I asked the question, because people journal in all different ways. It's a great question. And yeah, I mean, because listen, if you don't have if you don't have any takeaways from these traumatic stories in your life and you just because I mean, like whenever I talk to somebody, I know if they're just repeating a traumatic story because they, mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't even breathe while they're saying they're just spitting it out. You can see the emotion start just rising and it's like, oh, yeah, they've said this story before. And I try to I'm like, I, I be res I'm respectful, but I'm like, all right, well, it sounds like you're you're reliving this trauma that you don't need to. But if, if you never come to a solution and you don't and, and some people like a lot of people, they disagree with me on this, but even the worst situations you got to have thanks for it because it made you stronger. Like you lived through it. So if you can have an, if you can see like maybe the other person was going through like some really bad times, it's like, well, 
they really didn't mean to hurt me like they did. And then you can be like, well, I'm a hell of a lot stronger. And then these are the couple of key takeaways from this terrible situation. Then you're like, oh, well, I'm much more wise because that happened to me. There must have been a reason for this bullshit to happen to me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm going to get real controversial right now and take that one step further. I 100 percent agree that you have to have gratitude for the ups and the downs. You can't be thankful for who you are and not thankful for the experiences that made you who you are at the same time. The step further I'm going to take is that we also get to look back at the worst parts of our life and find our responsibility in them and not our faults. Fault is not on the table. Our responsibility, right? Like if, if we ended up in a bad situation, that bad situation, at least at some point was a combination of choices where we didn't make the choice that was the most supportive to us. And if we aren't able to look back at a situation that we might not have had full control over and find the pieces of that situation that we did have control over, then we are going to repeat that situation over and over and over and over again until we get those lessons. And every time I say that, I see people's blood drain out of their face because all of the horrible things that have gone on in their life that they aren't at fault for the bad relationships that all of it um, go running through their head. And so I want to make real clear. I'm not talking about fault as a criminal defense attorney. I used to tell my clients all the time, I'm 40 years old and I've never once been in the bad place or at the wrong place at the wrong time. So you must just have shitty luck or we get to have conversations about what choices you're making to put yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so I will, I will call your gratitude and raise with responsibility. I agree with you hundred percent there and explaining that to people. Sometimes they just kind of, they kind of zone out when you're saying take responsibility for that bullshit that happened to them. And they're just, you know, after about seven seconds into the explanation, they just zone out and they get becoming mm-hmm. going into a well, gotta be ready. And it takes a lot There is, I truly believe there's a lot of steps that get to happen in Mm -hmm. your willingness to be fully present in your life before Mm -hmm. you can be really ready to take responsibility for the worst times in your life. And again, not fault. So I love that. I have learned so much about different ways to journal. And, you know, um, some of my favorite parts of podcasting is when somebody says something and I'm like, I absolutely disagree about that. Let's talk about it. And yeah. so I, I, I love these conversations. Um, if, <laughs> all right, this is purely selfish. I communicate through music. I am a music nerd. What is your pump up song? What is that song that every time you listen to, you can take on the world? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I know this is probably cliche, but you know, I the tiger. It always it always pumped me up back in the day. It still does. Yes. Every single time I'm like, oh hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I go back and forth and it depends on my mood. And every time I ask that question, 
There is 9 million songs running through my head. And what's so funny, especially as an overthinker by nature, is um, I, I, I'm in an improv class trying to get over the overthinker by nature. And this last week, one of the improv things that we were supposed to answer was just to spit out our favorite song lyrics. And I got so excited because I was like, finally, one that I got an unlimited amount of answers for. And then the hamster in my brain was like, well, is this one your favorite or is this one your favorite or is this one your favorite or is this one your favorite? And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't even know any song lyrics, <laughs> which was a great representation for what happens in life when most people have to make decisions. Oh, Lord, you know, that's funny because, you know, the uh, the toughest lead on a sales call is the one that says, OK, let's do business right now. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like that, that like that is, you know, you that's music to your ears. But also it's the scariest damn moment because like especially in real estate, because it's it's mega. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, you're, you're supposed to want to think about it or like I'm supposed to call you five <laughs> Right now, like right now, right now. Like, <laughs> well, so one of my favorite stories is actually my business coach and mentor. She just um, threw a pool in her backyard and she had been, she travels a ton and she had been, um, she had been in, um, in her home state for like four days and she only had four days left and she had to get this contract done. So she called out a pool guy called out a landscaper, was like, go look in the back, tell me what you need, liked the proposal. And she was like, okay, what do we, like, let's get this done. And he's like, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go back. We're going to send you out a letter of intent. We'll send you out a proposal. And she's like, no, that's not going to work for me. I'm flying out. I've got to have this done. I got to write you a check. I got to give you all of this stuff before I leave. I need to do this before you leave my house today. And he says, ma'am, that's not my process. And she's like, well, it's mine. So... <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. Do you want my money or not? Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if people are ready to write the check, just shut up and say, I know, right? Stop now. talking and take the money. <laughs> so it's, it's, do you, have you seen the movie Moneyball? No, I played baseball for 20 years and you think okay. I money ball, but no. One of my favorite scenes from that movie is the trade, the trade deadlines coming up and they're, showing what happens when the trade deadline's coming up and um the intern um who is it it's um Brad Pitt so Brad Pitt's character is on the phone talking to four different people about this trade and he finally gets all of them to agree on what he wants and he hangs up mid-sentence during one of the other owners talking and his intern goes, I think he was still talking. And he's like, I don't care when you get the answer you want, hang up the phone. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> so that's awesome. Well, I do want to be respectful of your time. So my very, very last question for you is where can people contact you if they want to continue this conversation? What is the best way for people to reach out to Josh Parrish? All of my resources are on thejoshparish.com. That's my link tree. But my Instagram is at thejoshparish. So I'm always on there. You can contact me through that and all of my, everything I have on the internet. So djoshparish.com. Awesome. I am super excited to continue to connect with you. I'm thankful for the conversation that we got to have today. And if you're listening to this and you want to continue the conversation with the real estate, fitness, 
personal development advisor, um, former baseball player, amazingness that we just got to communicate with, then head over to Instagram at the Josh Parish and send him a message. Josh, it was so great to chat with you. I hope you have a fantastic day. Had a great time. Thank you for having me.